Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Chicago, what do you say? It's the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook. Make sure you download the app and use the promo code CHGO when you sign up. Happy Tuesday. Luke Stuckmeyer, Ryan Herrera, Cody Del Mendo in our CHGO studios out in the West Loop. Thanks, everybody, for joining. We are right on time. That's right. 120. On oh, yeah. time. Just like a Cubs game. On starting time. on the dot at 120. Blue Dabs is eating his words right now. Hey, everybody that's joining on the YouTube channel to watch this live, we appreciate that. Make sure you subscribe and like. And same thing if you're listening to this podcast later on the old school downloads on Spotify or Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, please leave us a nice review. We, we appreciate five stars. We appreciate thumbs ups and likes. And oh, yeah. And most importantly, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any of the upcoming episodes. And if I keep saying like too much, for sure, feel free to keep telling me. But in this case, we would like a like. Yeah, hit, yes. hit the like button. Hit that like button. We'd like it. We like it a lot. <laughs> a lot. Yeah. I see uh, I like some it. of our, our family and friends are out there. Jack R. is in the building. Brandon's here. Uh, let's see. Who, uh, Mike. Oh, Mike Dubs. I saw he really had a haul at Cubs convention. Oh, yeah. Mike Dubs posted on social media just a, a spread of things that he picked up. That's Cubs fan right there. We got an, a Manchester UK. I said it yesterday. He's like, Main he charger. might be the biggest Cubs fan I know, if I don't count myself, which Bleacher I don't Jeff? like. Or, Bleacher Jeff? Or Crawley. Yeah. yeah. Or Crawley. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to be Crawley. But do they have it's the, hard do they to have be Crawley. The flair do, you wanna, do you want to be Crawley, though? Like, that's... No, and no that's offense. A whole he's other, he's a, a whole nice guy. Hey, look, Rachel's nice here. Guy, but <laughs> Rachel's here. We had another UK. Rachel, Mark, up, Mank, Rachel? Mank Charger, Mank Charger. Jack R is slandering Illinois in the in the chat yeah. right now. <laughs> Tough scene for broke. you know. Indiana's looked real bad. I'm just saying. Right? Illinois won four in a row. I don't know, the, man. Do we look different? That we got new lighting. Yeah. in the Studio. We've Feel got real uh, bright. Yeah. It's it's brighter. It's brighter. We look. They want the people wanted to see us better is what mm-hmm. we were told. You know, that was just like a, a review going around the world is they wanted to see us better. They wanted to see our vibes up close and in HD. <laughs> the world deserved to see our vibes. So up close we got new lights. Um, the best vibes. We're still talking about mm-hmm. Cubs convention, kind of uh, unpeeling the layers of what happened at first Cubs convention in a couple years. Um, you know, if you look at the headline of this podcast, we're going to talk a little bit about leadership because I think there, while a lot of people are happy that the Cubs finally did the right thing, moved on from Jason Hayward, they're eating the money, all the crying about Jason Hayward can now be over. 
Um, everybody, I think most people appreciate who he is and what he's done for this city, the speech, all of those things. But there's a leadership void mm-hmm. because he was clearly one of the last big pieces from that championship team that had a voice. And I think uh, pitchers, catchers, position players, even coaches listen to Jason Hayward. He had that respect in the clubhouse. He has that respect around the league. So now you wonder, well, A, how important is leadership on a baseball team? Well, it's, it's not as important as talent, mm-hmm. okay? But let's set that aside. Leadership does have value on a team. Now the question becomes, do you want one leader? Do you want one voice? Can you have a community of voices? Who might that be from this group? Because I think at the end of the World Series era, right? Yeah. That was one of the problems. The Cubs didn't have the correct leader that they were looking for. You would see different guys show leadership. But because Hayward wasn't playing well, his voice maybe didn't carry as much as some of the other guys who either A, didn't want to be leaders or weren't leading the way the Cubs wanted them to lead. Yeah. So now I look at a guy like Nico Horner and I say, here's a guy who has shown me leadership, which is the way I prefer it, first of all. Like, the vocal leaders are nice. But Nico has shown you leadership by almost winning a gold glove at shortstop, having his best season so far as a pro, breakout season, and he shows you the leadership in, hey, go get us a shortstop. I'll move to second base. Do you think Nico could be that leader even though there are bigger names and more accomplished names on this team. Well, it's like how you mentioned Jason Hayward, like as, as respected and in the locker room as he was, he wasn't the best player on the team at, oh. at any point in his tenure with the Cubs, but he was highly respected. I mean, yeah, he was getting paid the most and had a lot of good years prior to that, but throughout his Cubs tenure, even though he wasn't performing, he still held a very big leadership role on the team. I think Nico can do that. I do. Um, he's not that much younger than Jason Hayward was when he got to Chicago. Um, I know, uh, I think we played the video yesterday, um, about Jed kind of talking about, well, Hap and Nico, but, you know, looking at the Nico side, they're definitely interested in keeping him long-term, uh, on an extension. Uh, those talks are still kind of moving along. Don't know if exactly if it will happen before the season starts, but I think that's definitely something they're looking at. But you look at Nico and I think, if they can lock him down, keep him as a piece here long-term, considering the fact that he, he came up in the system, he debuted a few years ago, so he's, even though he's still young, he's a veteran, yeah. technically. Um, I think he has the ability to grow to grow into that leadership role that they're kind of, like you, you said, they're missing right now. They don't really have that. They lost Hayward. Wilson's gone. You know, Kyle is, he can do what he can, but he's a pitcher. He doesn't play every day. Yeah. You know, it's, they, That's they a need problem. It. They when need the pitcher is, is your potential leader, well, he's... He's the longest tenure Cub, right? Kyle Hendricks, which usually you think makes somebody a leader. So then the, uh, another obvious name is Ian Happ, right? Well, I think Dansby could just automatically jump into that role too, especially after when we had Kelly Kroll on here and she talked about his leadership qualities and everything. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know how someone can change teams and just automatically gets thrown into that, but he does bring World Series winning experience. He's, he's been in the league longer than a lot of guys on the roster. He's had ups. He's had downs. Like, he, he understands what it takes to be successful at the major league level. 
And I think he's kind of, he's kind of, you know, some of his quotes have shown that he's, he wants to be that guy. He says he's all about winning. He's all about the, the team. And to me, that, that shows leadership quality. So, yeah. um, you know, like you said, Jason Hayward clearly wasn't the best player on the team, and he was a leader. Uh, maybe, maybe this time it's a little bit of a reverse where the best, team, best player on the team is the leader. And Dansby right now, as we sit here and on January 17th, I think he's easily the best player on the team. So, uh, most expensive, but definitely most expensive. <laughs> yes, yeah. uh, well, but you know, I, I, I think Nico definitely has the qualities to emerge as as, as one two. Mm-hmm. I think those two one and like one two up the middle could could just be a combination because those yeah. guys show that they want to win. Nico said, you know, during the whole free agent process of getting a shortstop, that he was very open to moving to second base or wherever the team wanted him to play. To me, that shows leadership. That shows that he yeah. cares about the team first. And every, like I said, with everything that Dansby has said, like I don't. To me, both of them can just be one and one. Yeah. And I see Craig in the chat mentions Hap, and when I think of the, just the three of those guys, I think they can all bring leadership in different ways. Like even we'll play the video, but Nico talked about being maybe less of a vocal leader, more of a show it yourself kind right. of kind of thing. Uh, Dansby may be that more vocal leader, uh, holding people accountable, all that stuff. And then Hap is, as far as position players go, the most the longest tenured on the Cubs. Like he knows what it takes to you know be a successful big league player at this level he understands not only the cubs organization but just major league baseball better than you know the business of major league baseball better than anyone on the team i think he brings that just the knowledge of 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 what it takes to be a big league baseball player i think he brings that more than anyone on the team so they can all have their own leadership qualities that are different but all kind of work in sync that I, i i think it can help replace what you kind of lost over the last few years uh, since kind of the, the sell-off and the, and the rebuild and all that stuff started. Yeah, Ryan got a bunch of interviews at Cubs convention. We're going to play the clip of Nico talking about this role or potentially new role that he may be looking at on this team. It's a constantly changing thing, and I'm figuring out what that means for me. Um, I, I appreciate when when coaches have asked for more from me, honestly. It's, it's nice to have that, that feedback, and I think – what I bring on a daily basis is um, it's not going to be as vocal as, as some people, but you know I, I do take a lot of pride in, in knowing my teammates and, and playing hard, and it's 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 really not that complicated, and it's not coming from a place of man I got to really be a leader today. It's just take care take care of your business and uh, treat people well along the way, and go from there. For you personally, coming off of a successful 22 season, have you spent some time thinking about goals for yourself for this coming year? Yeah, I think. I think really, really owning second base, I think, is, is a huge part of this year for me. I've, I've played there in the past. I think shortstop, I uh, spent more time there in my life, so there are parts of second base I think I can really improve at, um, even though I have played it well. Uh, that'll be fun. Andy Green's going to be very demanding of that, and positioning will be different. So that, the, new, the new parts of that will be exciting. Um, you know, I, offensively in baseball, you ask any hitter, there's always things that they can improve on. It's a, it's a challenging thing, and... Uh, Definitely have room for improvement there as well. What, what, what specifically do you have to improve on for second base for yourself? At second base? Yeah. I think turning double plays, just having not having done it in, in a little over a year now, I think part of that also is getting to know the players that you're playing with um, and just having comfort. Last year we had a lot of turnover on the infield, obviously, and um, we did the most that we, we could, but I think there's some real success that comes from consistency in that lineup and knowing the people around you. 
Somebody in the chat pointing out that Nico looks jacked at Cubs <laughs> convention. He does look like he's a little bit bigger. Um, I thought with the turtleneck look, he looked like he could be in a James Bond movie a little bit, right? He could be, or he could be the next Jason Bourne if he wanted to. Uh, but I don't know. I I saw somebody else in the chat. I'm sorry I missed your name. They said, this is the core. Keep it together. I think the Cubs, if you're asking for a core of the future on the next great Cubs team, it's a different conversation, a slightly different yeah. conversation. Um, we know that Dansby Swanson is going to be here for, you know, like seven years. So he's the one guy we know will be here for a long stretch. So I don't know if that necessarily makes him the automatic leader. I think he naturally is a leader. Like you said, Kelly Kroll told us on the podcast he's a, he's a natural-born leader. He's described him as himself as that. I feel like this team is going to be it, – it's just not going to have that true leader. Now, people may say this is Dansby Swanson's team because of the contract and the amount of years, but I don't think you can dismiss – Nico Horner, Ian Happ, just because their contracts aren't locked up long-term mm -hmm. moving forward. I think they have, for lack of a better term, a leadership committee sort of forming. They've got a bunch of guys that seem like they don't need to be pushed individually, yeah. which I think is a great trade on a team. If you can get out of the nine guys that are out there, if you can get six or seven of them that you don't have to say, you don't have to say a word to that guy about doing things the right way, about the way they're going through the routine, the way they're going through their offseason, about what they need to do for the team and not just for themselves. That's how you build, along with talent and some other things, that's a great way to build a championship team. Yeah. And I think this group is starting to show that. And I think Nico by moving from short to second, started, started sending that ball rolling downhill. And, and maybe downhill is the wrong, but picking up momentum. He may have pushed that first domino to say, guys, it isn't about me. I'm willing to do whatever you want. And I know that David Ross has said that last season, that's the type of guy he is. I like everything I hear out of Nico Horner. I don't know what season he's going to have, but when I watch what he says – and I watch what he did last year. I don't want to go to Brendan Miller on you, but I see a star developing. If, if his game can catch up to everything that's around him and the way he carries himself, he may not be just a good player. Mm -hmm. He has the potential and the makeup to be a great player. Yeah, I mean, uh, Doug Van Dorn in the chat also points out Suzuki's going to be here for another four years too. That's so. right. And, and he, like, he wasn't at CubsCon, so no one's talking about him. And I'm, I am intrigued to see, like, how, you know, year two in the United yeah. States and how maybe – I don't know if he Agreed. can be a leader, especially because he doesn't speak English. Well, vo but, vocal leader. Right. Maybe, maybe more of a challenge. Like, yes. But as far as on the hours. field, for sure, perhaps that he can be one of those guys too, right? So He might be more like Nico. But, he might be a quiet, this is how yeah. I do go about my business. Or like a Kyle Hendricks. Right. Yeah. So – yeah, I mean, I agree. I, I do think that Nico has the potential to be like how we looked at Anthony Rizzo, uh, you know, for years and years. I, I, and that doesn't mean that I think he's going to put up those types of numbers. I'm just saying just not only someone that fans like, but his teammates like, someone that teammates look up to, right. someone that everyone, like, just would go through a wall for. And, like, that—that that is 
to me, like, that's who the leaders on your team are. Someone that Dom will scream for Jed to put a C on his chest. Yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. No, uh, <laughs> I, I like what you what you mentioned about the, the leadership committee, I guess. Yeah, like, for yeah, lack I mean, of a better term. If you had to have um, a committee, well, who would your names be? Well, it's those three. But I'm, I'm, I'm even going, taking it a step further. It's like just the, the, the group they've built. There are so many different potential guys that bring different leadership qualities to this team. You might have your two or three that stand out. It could be those three of, of Swanson, Horner, and Hap. Uh, but as people have mentioned in the chat, like Jan Gomes, like yes. they, they, they like him for a reason. Every pitcher on the team that talks about him, uh, you know, sings his praises, right? They, they love him. Um, he brings that leadership in a different way. He's a veteran. He knows how to win. Uh, great clubhouse presence. You know, Tucker Barnhart, kind of same thing. He's, he maybe he, he's new, but he uh, is a good veteran guy. He had, he's documented kind of a good clubhouse presence, knows how to control pitching staff. Like, there are different things that those guys bring. And then you talk about Cody Bellinger as a former MVP, um, Eric Hosmer, uh, another documented uh, clubhouse, positive clubhouse presence. You got guys everywhere that they've brought in that at the very least are going to bring – Good, good. At the very least, they're gonna bring good vibes in that clubhouse. Like they are going to build that culture that is still being built. Um, those are all pieces. Like they haven't brought in anyone that you'd be like, hmm. Like I wonder how that's gonna fit in with this clubhouse culture that David right. Ross has been cultivating, right? So, um, you might have your your two, three, four guys that stand out, but I think every guy, every guy they've brought in, and a lot of the guys that are already in the clubhouse have those kind of leadership qualities that may not stand out just because they may not be the best player on the team. Um, but obviously work in concert with what the better players do bring that kind of when you're building a clubhouse culture, when you're in a rebuild and one of those things is building that culture back up, like a lot of the guys that they have on this roster are going to be, you know, very positive, like move that in the right direction. So to yeah, speak. we have a super chat from Fernando saying uh, it's say team man of action, not words. CHGO thumbs up. Appreciate that. Appreciate the super <laughs> chat. Shout um, out to you, Fernando. He brought up a couple interesting names. Gomes, which I did see in, and I thought of in the chat. Um, Bellinger's an interesting one because I don't know a lot about his – I haven't heard a lot of people talk about his necessarily leadership qualities. But we talk about Dansby Swanson as the most accomplished because he's won a World Series. Well, guys, Cody Bellinger's won a World Series, and he's also won an MVP. Like, that's a guy whose words, if he's – He's saying the right thing should carry a lot of weight on that team. Yeah. And so, like, yeah. if you're building, I don't know, Mount Rushmore, a group or leadership committee, I just feel like this team potentially has so many good voices. I just want them all pointing in the same direction. It seems like they are. When we talked to Ian Happ, when he came on the podcast uh, before the holidays, right before the blizzard, <laughs> quote-unquote, came, <laughs> we asked App about it. I said, is it better to have – one leader, right? Is, is it better to have that one guy that a team can look to and say, this guy will stand up and we will all listen to him? Or is it better to have a group of guys? And he felt absolutely it was better to have a group of guys mm -hmm. that would kind of carry that voice so it wasn't – I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I believe he was speaking about the fact that if one guy's voice – people start to go deaf over that voice for some reason because they hear somebody say something – then the next voice comes in, and it might be slightly different, but it might ring true to somebody that needs to hear a message. So this team's, this team's 
I'm not I'm not saying World Series. I don't no. want to pump people up too much about this. I'm just saying defensively, I think they're going to be really good, right? Mm-hmm. Base running, they might be really good. I think pitching is going to be good to very good. It's yeah. got some depth, and leadership is there. They may not have the offense, but I think they've got the pieces starting to build in the right direction. And I think the just the best example of what, of what we're saying is losing last year, the 10-game losing streak, the near 10-game losing streak that came later, that all that losing didn't break the clubhouse. The yeah. clubhouse stuck together, kept fighting together, kept fighting for David Ross. It didn't break the clubhouse, and all they've done is add even better clubhouse presences to that, you know, to that clubhouse. So if all that losing last year didn't break them, and they stayed in good spirits, they kept fighting, they kept playing for each other. You add, you, know, you added not only better clubhouse presences, but you added better players. I think that there's even less like of, likely of a chance that this clubhouse starts cracking uh, if the going gets tough. I think they're, you know, they, they're still in a spot where. Uh, long losing streaks could happen. They they haven't completely filled up all the holes that affected that roster last year. But I think there's even less of a chance that if that does happen, um, yeah, this clubhouse this clubhouse isn't going to crack under that kind of pressure because you got you got a lot of high character guys now um, filling up this roster. And I think that's as good of an example as a, as you can kind of look at. As like, okay, what they've built in that clubhouse works. I even think some of the pitchers that we haven't mentioned. I mean, yeah. I know you guys mentioned Hendricks. Not only because he's been here for so long, but like I even think Justin Steele yeah, has that potential. Uh, I mean, Keegan, the whole, you know, doing whatever is asked of him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Same with Albert Ozlai, like those guys. Keegan's, Keegan's similar to Nico in that he may accept a different role that might be more beneficial to the team. Mm-hmm. I think Stroh has a lot of, Stroman you know, too. good leadership qualities or just, just being a good teammate. And he's shown that on social media, how much he loves yeah. it, not only how much he likes the Cubs or. Obviously, but goes for you his know team, his yeah. you know teammates, and and I think he showed that automatically the moment Eric Hosmer signed with the Cubs, mm-hmm. and his Smiley was a good presence yeah, last year. I th- they have, like you guys said, like they do have a lot of really good leadership or just really good people in house, and that's that's good. Can it transition to more wins than last season? We're gonna see. Yeah, <laughs> but you'd rather have this situation than a bunch of clubhouse cancers, so yeah. or people who have a reputation of being a clubhouse cancer. So um, mm-hmm. all in all, I think we can still be a little bit more optimistic about the the record, the team's record by the end of the year as we go into, you know, spring training and stuff. Mm-hmm. A bunch of really good comments in the chat. Uh, I think a lot of people are coming up with some good stuff. Sean says the Cubs don't have a lot of egos, which begets leadership. And I really like uh, Brent Montags as well, saying what Hayward taught Hap and Nico, et cetera, doesn't go away with him. Nico and Hap especially have retained that, and they are already carrying it forward. That's how it works. Um, you know, I'll, I'll give that I, – I believe that's true. That's where they probably learned leadership mm-hmm. from a bunch of different guys. That can go all the way back to high school. That can go back to your parents. That can go back to a, a college coach. But I do believe that that's where um, they learned it at the major league level from some, some of their former teammates. and. Yeah. And certainly Hayward is one of them. Um, I do want, you know what, talk about leaders. Green Ridge Farm, there's a leader. <laughs> leader meats, man. Yeah. Green Ridge Farm, a Chicago local meat and cheese company offering you a better all-natural option. Makers of all-natural deli meat sausages and their famous meat sticks, perfect for tailgating, happy hour, and school lunches. All-natural meat sticks that are hardwood smoked for eight hours with 16 grams of protein per stick. 
making them a perfect post-workout snack. Meat sticks come in chicken, black forest beef, jalapeno cheddar, and spicy chili. And if you haven't tried them, you don't know what you're missing. Delicious because they're made from recipes that are generations in the making. And being all natural, they deliver a fresh, flavorful alternative at snack time. You can always find these meat sticks in the refrigerated section at Costco, Sam's Club, or your local Chicagoland grocery store. Right now, when you order any three meat products at GreenRidgeFarm.com, include a pack of meat sticks in your cart. Those meat sticks are free simply by using the code CHGO at checkout. Green Ridge Farm, simply natural meat, and they are a Chicago company. Why would you get your meat from a company in Wisconsin or Minnesota or somewhere else, another country? You can get them right in Chicago. We are the meat capital of the world, man. You know what else you can get in Chicago? Really cheap tickets to Chicago events. Bingo. And how can you do that? With Game Time tickets. Boom. Game Time is the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows. Ever dreamed of sitting in a seat you never thought you could? 50-yard line at a Bears game, courtside at the Bulls game, behind home plate at the Cubs or Sox game uh, this upcoming season? Floor seats at a concert, Blink-182 in May. I still want to get a ticket to that, but we'll see. It's possible with the Game Time app. The biggest last-minute price drops can be found on the seats you thought you could never buy. You won't find a better deal this season on any Chicago sports uh, event. The site is created by the fans for the fans. It guarantees the lowest price. If you love CHGO, then you'll love Game Time. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description Join over 15 million people who have downloaded the Game Time app and score the best seats to all your favorite events. Doug uh, in the chat says, what do you all think of Bauer? Does the talent outweigh the controversy and clubhouse cancer? The answer is yes. Uh, yes. Wait, no. No, the no, answer is no. Sorry, no. Clearly no. Or am it's, I answering that Yeah, wrong? you're answering yeah, no, it the no. wrong way. We just talked about leadership. That would be a perfect reason not to bring Trevor Bauer in the mix. Like, I'm I'm okay. Oh. Hard pass. Yeah, yeah. hard pass. That's hard what pass. I meant to say. Hard hard pass. They do not need to sign Also, him. Paul Sullivan basically reported yes. it over the weekend. Yeah, no that interest. The Cubs aren't interested. No interest. Which is fine. And still, fine so far, we haven't. Heard a lot of, I haven't heard a lot of uh, teams in any buzz around no. his name. Yeah. So that'll yet. be interesting. And we talked about it on a show last week. If you go check it out, Doug Van Dorn, um, or anyone else who didn't check it out. I want. I can't remember which day it was, but I think we were all pretty adamant that, that that's a bad idea. <laughs> so There um, might be some trades still before uh, spring training. There might be more free agent signings. I, I kind of wonder if the Trevor Bauer thing – if he's going to get a shot from somebody, and I'm not sold on that, if he's going to get a shot from somebody, I wonder if it might be because there's a major injury to a team that really thinks they can contend, and they're like, uh, all right, we got to do it. We, got, we have to take a shot at it. He's, he's that good on the field. Yeah. We can't waste our season and let it slip away. I don't know if that's the scenario, but I, I think it's a little murkier than most people think. I don't think teams are – clamoring to get yeah, you had no. a team that thinks they're going to win the world series and the dodgers say nah here's your cash go away yeah a lot of people seem to believe that like a small market team could go after him like like the a's or the reds or something like that well it seems like the a's don't need any more bad publicity if i'm well if I, I'm just, being I just like, don't <laughs> like their whole thing of, of them literally getting like two thousand fans to games mm-hmm. and that that you know just the backlash from them very likely just trying to sell the team and, and move it out of Oakland. Like, what's I'm saying? Like, they probably don't need any more bad publicity. They don't need any more, but I mean, they'll do whatever it takes to, to, to 
fix that farm system of theirs or to get prospects, I guess. So you think maybe he's more of an in-season acquisition, not like before yeah, spring training? Yeah, that's possible, too, that it'll, it'll yeah. Perhaps, yeah. drag on. Yeah, um, you, so you mentioned missing podcast. Doug says, I, I missed a po- or Dustin said, I missed a podcast. No, it was Doug. Um, Doug yeah. Hey, you, you never miss a podcast if you subscribe. True. True. Because then it's you got him. You can, it's easy to go back and, and check him out, too. If you can't see us live. Um, so we talked a little bit about leadership, and one of the reasons it's an interesting topic to me is that you have a lot of new faces on this team, and they're not all the young guys yet, right? Like, uh, the next crop of big prospects still is coming, and some of the young guys are starting to filter up, but the Cubs added a lot of veteran faces, prove-it deals, short deals. It's an interesting mix of guys that they've added. So you got Hosmer, Bellinger, Mancini, um, we talked about, you know, Barnhart. Which of those guys yesterday was a topic, like, might have the biggest impact? Who has the highest ceiling? Probably Bellinger. But Ian Happ talked about it in a different way. He said this was a different Cubs convention because when he first started coming to them after he was drafted out of Cincinnati, you knew everybody that was going to be there. So let's let's play the Ian Happ clip that um, – Ryan picked up at Cubs convention, just talking about how this Cubs convention was a different one for Ian Happ because of so many new faces. It's been awesome. Um, it's different. It's different. This, uh, this event was very frequently a meeting of all of your buddies that you've been with for a very long time. Uh, maybe one addition or, or addition there. And, and so to see all these faces, obviously guys that played against for a while, but to see all the new faces and, and their reactions to Chicago, like I said, that's super exciting, and I think that um, you know, having been here, you've played in the league for a while and played against these guys. This is the first time in my career I've had an opportunity to then have a bunch of those guys join the team that I'm on and kind of learn from them, pick their brains, get their experience um, from different organizations. So that'll be exciting. It's kind of I never I never really thought about that. Like a little was a little bit of a meet and greet when we talked to. Um, Tucker Barnhart, and we've got some interviews that will be coming up. In fact, uh, tomorrow we will debut our first one that we sat down with uh, Adbert Alzali, mm-hmm. which he was great. But Tucker Barnhart was kind of, in his interview, which we'll have in the next couple of weeks or so, he actually talked about the fact that he was seeing guys and pitching ideas and trying to pick their brains for you the know. first time just at Cubs convention. And some of the guys actually got together – and threw the ball before Cubs convention. Like, they came in a day early and wanted to meet, toss the ball. I think Keegan Thompson was one of those guys. Mm-hmm. So that he's in town anyway, but that was sort of interesting. You look at the busy offseason the Cubs had, and it really was right away, December 6th, to get the deal with Bellinger. And then we kind of waited. We kept waiting for the shortstops, right? Yeah. But Bellinger was the first move. Then you, then you saw them get the pitcher in Tyone. Uh, on December 7th, just a day later. Then you get Boxberger to the bullpen, which I think is probably the quietest move of the offseason, but could prove to be very, very valuable uh, once we get into the season. Dansby Swanson was the big move, obviously, on the 17th. Tucker Barnhart follows. They re-signed Smiley. You look at those signings in December, they had a busy month of December. And then to carry it into Cubs convention, the deal with Hosmer, and then during Cubs convention, Trey Mancini. But simply si- silence says Mastroboni was the the quietest. 
That's true. That's true. <laughs> he was a waiver claim, wasn't he? What about he? Anthony K or whatever? I think those were all waivers. Yeah. Those they, were. They I, count, I don't. Were they, were they free agent signings? <laughs> uh, pretty sure they were waiver claims. We still might have Chafin. Yeah. We're hoping. Chafin or uh, yeah, Matt you can get Moore. a lot of Chafin this time of year. It's cold outside. Gary, pretty dry. Gary, Gary mentioned us in the Discord, which if you're not in Discord, you should become a member, a uh, diehard, yeah. and join our Discord. He mentioned uh, he mentioned to us about Chafin. I see it in the chat a lot. Like they they need another reliever. They probably still need to add to the bullpen. That's probably the last kind of little bit of pieces they might add to this team. Um, considering your main lefty right now is Brandon Hughes who's on not even technically a full year in the big leagues like a guy like Chafin makes sense to kind of you know pair in the back of that back of that bullpen you know you got your long guys and Keegan and Alzelay and you know maybe, maybe uh Samson ends up starting the season in the bullpen but you're going to need your back end guys too your your one inning one and a third Chafin fits the bill I don't know what the price might be but he um, you're gonna have to pay him more than last time. Yeah, he'd be a, he'd be a, a yeah, solid time. And, and it sounds like according to Tom Ricketts, if you listen to his interviews, they're not going over the threshold, yeah. but they still have space. And I wonder, and I don't know what that number is, uh, but I will say this: a bullpen that would have Boxberger, Chafin, uh, Hughes, from what we saw last year, mm-hmm. and then you add in Cody Hoyer at some point this season. Jeremiah Estrada, maybe. Estrada and Alzali and Thompson. Thompson. It's a pretty solid bullpen. It may it may not have uh, Mariano Rivera there, but you've got again a pretty good and group Rowan of, Wick, Rowan Wick. And while bullpens are very volatile, you don't know what to get year to year. That's a group of guys that I have pretty good confidence. I'd be very as you were saying last year. The Cubs seem to find a way. This is a bullpen yeah. that if it takes shape and they add somebody like Chafin. I'd, I'd, I'd be very surprised if it didn't turn out to be one of the better bullpens in baseball. Yeah, I'm not it's I'm, I'm not going to be worried about it. Again, like it doesn't even if they don't sign Chafin, I'm not going to be worried about it to be honest with you. Now, I I would love for it to happen, one cuz he has vibes and two because uh he's good, but I I I'm I'm whatever about the bullpen. I I have full confidence in whatever they do with the bullpen. Chafin also had one of the best walkout songs, Roadhouse Blues. Oh, my God. It was great. I always loved his videos about uh, his car or his tweets about his car, (laughs) whatever it was. He also pitched in the last uh, Cubs no-hitter. He did. The combined no-hitter right before everything fell apart. Yeah. So there you go. And also, like, him walking around with the failed starter obvious shirt is one of the funnier bits uh, a player has had in town. Was it? Mm -hmm. Everyone compares him to Rod Beck, right? Yeah. To Rod Beck, they, they called him Shooter, and every time I look at him, I think of Kenny Powers from Eastbound and Down. Yeah, that's like that, that one that's, too. that's who you when you he doesn't have the personality of Kenny Powers, but he looks like Kenny Powers mixed with Rod Beck. Well, considering the that, hair and then the mustache, yeah. he looks like he's just like out of he, the eighties. Like he definitely does it on purpose because I've seen a picture of him in the off season, and he looks nothing like this in the <laughs> off season. He he prepares for this. He's built different. No, I, I I think adding just in a baseball sense, adding Chafin to this team would help. Absolutely, it would it would solidify that bullpen so much. For but sure. also, it, he's a fun guy, mm-hmm. and um, I would like to see see him be fun again on it, the Cubs. It'd be nice to have another fun player. Uh, Simply Silent Fog oh, with a super chat, two bucks saying, "There's some Wick dislike. I still believe in him. Are you still good on Wick?" I mean, he was just up and down yeah, last year. Yeah, I'm not he was out the on one, him. He was the one in the bullpen last year, last year where you felt 
where you felt anxiety, where you were, like, ready to be hurt again. But we've seen in the past him be one of the top arms in their bullpen. I mean, he was one of the, he was the perfect example of what I've talked about, of the Cubs just putting it together and figuring it out. They got him for nothing, and they've held on to him over yeah. the last few years. And, you know, last year he was just kind of – it was a roller coaster. I mean, he'd he, have good outings, and it was usually when he was closing. And then he had yeah. bad outings, and that was usually whenever they bring him in like the sixth, seventh inning. It was weird. Like if he didn't close, then he he would have an up and down appearance. But yeah. if he did close, more often than not, he did good. Yeah. So I don't know how, where they see his role because yeah. I don't I don't think he should be the closer. I'd I'd love for him to be middle relief like late inning setup guy and if he can get back to how he was in you know 2020 before he got hurt like then you got then you then you're talking about this bullpen really taking that next step of just not only just being good but like really good well he yeah like you mentioned he had good spurts had bad outings had you know bad stretches last year um he's got good stuff and if he can just figure out how to utilize it consistently um, he could be a solid, again, back-end guy. I don't know that he's the closer. I think last year, we, at this time, we were kind of talking about him potentially being the closer of this team. I mean, not last time. We weren't around a year ago at this time, but preseason. Um, we were kind of talking about closers. He was in that conversation. Uh, David Robertson was in that conversation. Even Givens was was a part of that. But yeah. um, he didn't have the year that could have potentially won him that closer spot. Um, but he does have good stuff, and he, if he could be consistent. I mean, at this point, you have very few guys that you don't feel, like, great about. He might be one of them, but if he can start the season and be consistent, I mean, you kind of feel pretty good about anyone David Ross might bring out of the bullpen, which wasn't necessarily the case in, like, the summer, you know, after the trade deadline. Yeah. And you know there will be some guys in Iowa that will come up and, yeah. and be solid. I don't know if they'll be on the team long term, but they'll be solid. I mean, no one thought we'd get what we got out of Brandon Hughes last year. No, that's true. And now uh, we're looking at him as like a back end reliever. So, I again, I'm I'm just I'm pretty confident in whatever they're gonna do. But yeah, adding Chafin would be great. And I don't think Wick is gonna hold this team back. I'm just intrigued to see how they use him. I th- his role is very is very interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Teaser uh, on tomorrow's podcast. I think you'll find it fascinating and interesting. What Al- Albert Alzali thinks about potential roles in the bullpen. He's got some interesting things to say about not only the Cubs pitching staff, but specifically the bullpen and where guys could line up and maybe want to line up. So uh, that's coming on the podcast tomorrow, Thursday, Thursday. I keep saying Wednesday. We do have another super chat. I'm jumping. We got another one. Yeah. Fernando again. Oh yeah. Fernando world baseball classic opinions. Y'all watching World Baseball yeah, Classic? Yeah, I, mean, I find it more interesting than I find it more interesting than Cactus League. Yeah, the spring training games. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I, I am interested in the World Baseball Classic again. We talked about it, I think last week, just how it's for baseball. It's the World Cup for baseball. It's the, obviously not as big as the World Cup, but um, that's kind of the level this tournament is, and and all the best players in the world generally play in this tournament. I mean, USA's team is stacked. I don't remember exactly what the Dominicans team looks like, but I'm sure it's stacked. But it's like every country is going to have awesome players on it. So um, who wouldn't want to watch those guys play like meaningful baseball games instead of Cactus League or, you know, whatever other leagues there are in spring training. And just, you know, you know the, 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 the spring training games are more about the process than the results. 
a World Baseball Classic is actual competitive baseball. So I, I'm looking forward to seeing that. Yeah, Colada, I hope you uh, see him. I hope America wins. See Colada dogging us. He says you guys gave everyone in the bullpen a B plus last year. Not true. I'm not worried. It's not we'll true. S- we'll see Colada. We'll see. Um, so we went through that list of, of transactions. One of them that was on there was Eric Hosmer. We thought that was the end of that type of player that they would add. But then, of course, we got, just a couple days ago, a two-year deal with Trey Mancini. And it looks like that is an early season platoon between the two at first base. Um, maybe Mancini goes to DH sometimes. If Mervis comes up, we don't know how it'll all work out. But one thing we know is that Hosmer can really flash the leather at first base. So the defense is going to be great, and you hope you get the Hosmer um, that has been a productive hitter at the major league level. We have some sound with him. Again, Ryan got this at Cubs convention. Let's hear from Eric Hosmer on why he decided to sign specifically with the Cubs. Yeah, you learn a lot. You know, um, it was a it was a crazy situation. You know, when you really don't expect to get traded, and you get traded, and then. Went to Boston, wanted to do well there, ended up getting hurt, wasn't able to perform the way I wanted to. And, um, you know, then getting uh, uh, released and then picked up over here, it's kind of like a new life. And, uh, you know, you, you really just make the most, you want to make the most of every opportunity. And for this opportunity, for me personally, I feel like it's a great one, you know, uh, to play at Wrigley Field every day, to understand you're going to be, you know, for the Chicago Cubs. And the main thing everyone says, especially around the league, is when you play at Wrigley Field, it feels like the state championship every game. You know, it's just a different energy. It's a different atmosphere. And, um, you know, that and got to see the locker room and all that. And that's a, unbelievable what they did for that. So everything just seems really well over here. Everything seems like it's going to be a blast and uh, just a good spot. I mean, between, between Dansby, Nico, and now Hosmer, do they have the all-hair infield? <laughs> Seems like it. Seems like they have the all. And then I watch that sports, look at that sports jacket, and I think to myself, that uh, Kevin was saying, wow, nice sport coat. The first thing that popped in my mind was Zach Morris would wear that on Saved by the Bell. Yeah. That, that looks like that. something preppy <laughs> would come out in yeah. and, you know, try and hit on Kelly Kapowski in. I think that's a jacket Pat Hughes would wear in the booth. Yes. I could see him wearing something with, like that. With a striped sweater yeah. and potentially some sort of uh, polka-dotted tie underneath it maybe as well. <laughs> like, I like it. I'm sure, like, I'm, I'm sure Corey would appreciate that too. Um, do you, what do you think of uh, the Hosmer signing in general and how he fits now with Mancini also on the team? I think that it's just good depth. And... That's as far as I can take it. I think there's there's obviously, you know, a little bit of optimism on him being a productive player. I mean, the guy gets on base, doesn't hit a – his home run total has dropped since his, his best years, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's a good teammate. Everyone mm-hmm. says that. I think, you know – but I, I, at this point, I just think he's really good depth and – kind of the insurance that we talked about that the Cubs needed if Matt that way there wasn't pressure on Matt Mervis. So I think that I think there's potential that Hosmer doesn't finish the year with the Cubs, but I also think that he could finish the year with the Cubs if if he plays well. Like less than his, a million bucks. Yeah, like his 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 time with the Cubs will be dictated on how mm. good he is. And that's 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 it, man. And he knows it. I mean, he's being paid by two teams to play with the Cubs. I mean, yep. it well, is what it is. That, and I'm rooting for him. I, I want him to be good. I, I want him to be a serviceable player 
for the Cubs. But, like, we just can't get it twisted, man. Like, the, it was definitely, like, an insurance. And that's, you know, there was reason for me to be a little pessimistic at first because, because we all sat here and thought that them signing Hosmer meant that they were done on the first base market. And now that they added Mancini, at least at least there's other options there. And, like, to me, that's all I care about with, with that situation. Yeah, well, and then – I mean, just the fact that it's the league minimum seven hundred and twenty thousand. Like it's yeah. it's if if he struggles and and Matt Mervis is destroyed because I think we're kind of under the assumption now that Matt Mervis probably starts the season in Triple A. Mm-hmm. Um, it, w- it wouldn't make sense to me to carry all three of them if they somehow. I mean, you know, they're better baseball minds than me, so that maybe they somehow figure it out and in a way we're not we're not thinking about. But to me, I would the expectation for me is that Matt Mervis starts the season in Triple A. But if you get into the season, Matt Mervis is, is still mashing. He's he has nothing left to prove in Triple A. He's ready to come up. And Hosmer is struggling. Like that contract is not hard to get out of. It's not hard to just cut ties with Eric Hosmer. Whatever you have to do to get him off the team. I mean, that's it's that is why the signing never. I, like I never got the negative side of that signing because it's like, sure he has didn't have the best year. He hasn't lived up to that contract he signed in San Diego. The Cubs aren't paying him anything. They're not taking on that. How much is left on that contract? $40 million, something like that. Yeah. The Cubs aren't taking that on. They're taking on the bare minimum. So why? Like, I never understood why people were so negative about this deal. It, it's it's a, a player who, hey, maybe I, maybe he succeeds and bounce back, or he is, or it, he's bad, and then they can just cut ties well, with him or, and not spend that much or money. Or all three are good, and you have the best-case scenario. Right. Like that if, is, if, yeah. if Mancini and Hosmer – are able to bounce back and play well, and then Mervis starts pushing from the minor leagues because he's just too good there, that's the best-case scenario. You, you could trade either one of the other two guys. It's yeah. a good It'd be problem super, super easy to trade Hosmer, especially with that contract. Right. Yeah. The reason that people were upset about, or, or, or at least negative about the Hosmer deal, was that no one thought that they are going to still be in on Mancini right. after it. If, right. I, if you would have told me that they're still going to be in on Mancini after they signed Hosmer, then I'd been like, all right, cool, we got good depth. But I think we all thought that they were out on Mancini after that signing. And, again, the only reason that I was negative or pessimistic about it is just the Cubs needed some bats, man. Like, I don't care. I, I, yeah, you're not paying them anything, but you, need, you needed some power to go with a lot of the contact you have in this lineup. They needed more power, in my, in my opinion. And they, and they got it getting Mancini. So now whatever you get out of Hosmer, honestly, is kind of like an added bonus. It really is if you yeah. think about it in the grand scheme of things. So, again, I, I hope I hope Jed looks like a genius with this one. I'll come on this podcast. I'll tell all 200 people watching, I'm sorry, I was wrong because I'm wrong all the time. So. I, I just never thought I just never thought it was a negative signing. I think at at, at worst, it's like you break even on it. I, I tell you or why. You, or you again, the good. only negativity that should come from Cubs fans on. The signing of Hosmer is what's expected, and you see a little bit of it in the chat. It still goes back to the Rizzo thing. I don't feel I've moved on from Anthony Rizzo as a Cubs player. To me, I think the day he signed, we said this: like, if you really look at what you're getting for the price you're getting, you're you're paying for it. There's there's zero risk. There's zero worry. He's not blocking anybody. He brings a good glove. You might get a bonus out of him offensively. Yeah. There's no reason to be upset about Hosmer. There, no. there, there's zero reason. If you want to be mad that he's not Rizzo, I can't tell you how to cub, <laughs> but that's just not what I'm 
there, there are other reasons Anthony Rizzo is they decided he was not going to be here. Well, the so only thing that's gonna I've make moved people, on from that. The only th- thing that's going to make people feel better about the Rizzo thing is if, one, Mervis turns out to be yes. good, and two, if Alcantara turns out to be great in two years or another yes, year. Yes, even more so. The Cubs fans need those two things to happen, and they can move on from Anthony Rizzo. I still don't think it'll happen. I still and, think people yes, will still Becky, be mad about it. Becky, he'll always be a Cub, but he is not a current Cub. Yeah. And that's, I, that's the way you have to how, look at Anthony that's Rizzo. That's how I'm going to feel about it, at least. Like, because – on one hand, like I'm with them because all they had to do was pay the guy a little bit more money, and then you didn't even have the hole at first base to begin with, and you had and you had your leader, your quote unquote captain, going through the next, you know, this this rebuild process. You would you wouldn't have had to deal with this. Like so, on one hand, like I'm I understand, but on the other hand, yeah, like he was older. You knew you were going to have to change your direction. You had to you know rebuild the farm system because the farm system was in shambles. So. There's give and take on both sides. So, like, yeah. I, I hear him. I hear him. Look at last season. Cody said it on Twitter. Rivas and Schwindel, have they improved from Rivas and Schwindel <laughs> to a group of Mancini could play there, Bellinger can play there, Hosmer can play there, and Mervis can play there. You get at least – you put Patrick Wisdom if you want in the mix. But you got, like, four guys – I like that possibility more, and for the price they paid, more than I like what yep. they had last year. Guys, Same. Derek Lee wasn't available in free agency. <laughs> if Derek Lee was there and I could say, you know what, they yeah. could dump $150 million into their next great first baseman or $170 million into their next great first baseman for the next – he wasn't there. Rizzo didn't want to come back. He, Rizzo wanted to stay with the Yankees, and he's not the type of free agent they're looking at right now. Yeah. These guys are a lot cheaper and aren't blocking anybody. Um, if you would have re-signed Rizzo, there are other reasons I'll say that he's, he's not here. Okay, so we're moving on, and that's the way, <laughs> that's the way it's going to be. I was only explaining. Everybody like, liked Rizzo when he was sides. here. He's not coming back. And I get it. Like, I'm ready to move on, too. I've said it many times. I'm ready to move on. Yeah, I you hope. keep bringing him up. I, he brought him no, up. No, I brought him up. Uh, did you and, bring him up this time? I, yeah, I, him up. I didn't bring him up. Fair enough. Fair Only enough. because the chat will not stop about it. And and Wolf Designs is right. He says Hosmer is a better option than Rivas or Frank. Yes, Hosmer That's alone true. at less than a million dollars is better than having Frank Schwindel Absolutely. and Rivas, period. I'll say Hosmer by himself is better than those two guys. Yes. Not even close. Not even close. Not even close. Not even close. Yeah. yeah. Schwindel's in like now he's not even in America right now. He's not even and, playing and in you, America. And, and you and hope Mervis and, and I think um, I think Sean said it in the chat. He was saying also there's nothing wrong with taking the pressure off of Mervis. Yeah, he made yeah. a huge jump last year. There's no reason to sit there and say, hey Mervis, uh, yeah, we think we can uh, compete for the division and the wild card, and, and we're going to need purpose. you to go from literally the middle of development at, at the minor league levels to you're our everyday first baseman yeah. and you're going to need to prove it. By the way, good luck. Mm-hmm. Go get him, kid. Like, right. this takes that pressure off him. If there was any, he might want it, but I'm just saying he doesn't have to. All right. Um, speaking of pressure, you know, when I feel the pressure, the need to go get sports merchandise that I really want to get for a family member and I'm sitting there thinking, what am I going to get so-and-so for their birthday or over the Christmas holiday? Chicago, you've already got the best coverage for your favorite teams. You're fitted out with the best sports gear around. 
Foco's got you covered from Soldier Field to the living room, north side, south side, hoodies, slippers, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. You can get decked out like tomorrow with the apparel from the leader in sports merch and collectibles, Foco. Looking for the perfect gift for the football fan in your life? Foco's got you covered with hoodies to fight that Lake Michigan breeze. Check out Foco.com or click the link in the description below for all non-presale items. Use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. You know what we should probably do next time I do this ad read? We should go to FOCO and see the one thing we'd like to buy that maybe we didn't expect to see at FOCO.com. Yeah. Well, I wonder if the Matt Schwarmer bobblehead is still there. <laughs> is the Swarm Dog bobblehead still there? Cubs legend, man. What kind of deal could we get it to put it right here on the set? Right. So people we could play, guess that bobblehead. <laughs> that would be kind of fun, right? That actually would to be To just really like start fun. buying up random bobbleheads and put tape over the person's <laughs> name and be like, guess the bobblehead. Guess the bobblehead. Yeah. It might be a segment. we got a lot of time to fill during the season. We got a lot of time to fill. We can also, you know, we can play. Uh, we can play some bags in the in here in the office during the season because you know how those games go sometimes. Oh, Hopefully, yeah. they're a lot shorter this year though. Uh, you can do. We we can play with our uh, set, the made by Chi Town Cornhole, uh, one of my favorite brands that we support here at CHGO, the number one cornhole provider for Chicagoland and Illinois since 2007. Our signature. Box style design can be digitally printed, covered in vinyl, and painted. Our cornhole boards come with built-in drink holders recessed in and on the back, LEDs that light up the hole and exterior handles for easy carrying and handcrafted scorekeepers, veteran-owned and operated. We can ship anywhere and offer local pickups specializing in corporate designs for your company's next marketing or social, social event, wedding gifts, and gifts for all occasions, and especially for tailgaters and backyard barbecues. Go check out their website, chitowncornhole.com. Make sure to follow them on Instagram, at Chitown Custom Cornhole Boards. They're also on Twitter, and they tweet, tagged me in yet another Illinois tweet last night. God bless, God bless you, Tom. God bless you. Um, <laughs> thanks to our guy, Vinny Duber, CHGO Socks over there. We've got a little early crossed liggies waving over there. Hi, Vinny. <laughs> Back from another oh, one of Vinny. his fabulous vacations that we all live vicariously through Vinny. Now, how many vacations yeah, actually, does he go on? He just back on, from Australia, right? He was in Australia Sean, for like three that? months. But he's finally back. And and now he's been walking around the office. G'day. Must Everybody's nice. g'day. <laughs> What's Must up, nice mate? Everybody's <laughs> mate <laughs> now. And it's just like, we get it. We you went to Australia. We know. Must be nice <laughs> to try the, the country. IPAs. I wish I could do that. Yeah, Cody's Cody's stuck on this this <laughs> land. I actually just went and got a like renewed my passport so hopefully i get it uh but if i got mine before cody's that'd be something but you uh, just went through the process yeah it's if morning. you get it before cody that <laughs> would be just maybe yours got lost in the well, mail you might need it for that london series that's, this what, summer. that's, that's I ex- why i did it there you go i that's expected I cody's to show up literally today <laughs> still i i still don't yeah i still don't know did the bulls <laughs> did the bulls guys give you crap for that no thankfully no. they did not they yeah. have a heart so i appreciate it <laughs> Mm-hmm. This must have to do with like CIA, Homeland Security, or something. They're worried that like yeah. Cody is they're watching him. He's just too big on Twitter, and they're not sure exactly <laughs> what he is yet. They're like the vibe around this guy is just a little too buzzy for us. Too bit, too too buzzy. Uh, all right, so Vinny talked to Dylan Cease, former Cubs prospect. Let's not talk about the trade ever again. <laughs> it happened. Okay, it happened. Dylan Cease shoved last year. We saw it. <laughs> now Dylan Cease. I, I say I say Cubs Sox is get is getting more interesting. Last year we had to kind of take it. Yeah. 
Yeah. Right? Like, when you're in the heart of a rebuild and they're trying to be a team that's trying to win the World Series, not successfully, but they tried. Mm-hmm. Uh, not very well, but they tried. Um, <laughs> I think you have a bit of a bu- I think you've got a bit of a buzz going between the they two tried. teams. I'm not sure who's going to win tried. more games this year. I think that's even a possibility. Their over-under is 84.5. But Vinny, out of nowhere, put two and two together and asked Dylan Cease about one of the Cubs' new players. Here it is. Do you know Dansby Swanson? The new, the new Cubs guy obviously grew up uh, in the Atlanta area. Uh, you know, he's in town now. Do you know him? Did you, did you face him in high school, anything like that? I don't know him personally, but funny enough, my first varsity uh, pitching outing, uh, my sophomore year, I, I closed against Marietta High School, and I, I did face Dansby. That's back when he was a switch hitter. Well, and what was the outcome? Uh, he popped up the center field. But I got to say, and I hate to be this guy, I threw one right down the middle that was called a ball that would have been a strikeout. I'll wow. tell you what, I'll, I'll send you I'll send you the clip if I can find it. You've got it on video. Yeah, it's on YouTube. Oh my goodness! So so we can so we can dig this up when the robot umps come along in however many years you can uh, you can rectify that in in some fashion. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll send it to MythBusters and we'll have them prove that the ball was in fact over the plate. There you go. There you go. Hey, you got a chance now to uh, to to make up for it uh, to set history straight now because you'll be seeing them in crosstown for yeah. uh, for what six times this year. Yeah, ball doesn't lie. All doesn't lie. Okay, for those of you that are listening, will be listening to this podcast just on regular download podcast form and didn't watch it on YouTube, you've got to go back and look at the YouTube because, A, you have to see Dansby Swanson batting left-handed against Dylan Cease in high school. Great video find. And then you've got to see Dylan Cease riding a llama during this interview. It, does it not look like he's riding a llama? He's he's sort of bouncing up and down the whole time, back and forth, and he has this shaggy, like, llama chair that he's sitting in. Yeah, I was going to say, I th- just thought he had some wild-ass furniture. Right? Yeah, that, I mean, that's I thought. <laughs> it looked like one of those memory foam, like, couch pillow things that you sit on. You ever Like the oversized beanbag chairs? Yeah. Something oh, like yeah. that. Ooh, I, I, I guarantee you this is one of those um, – crate and barrel specials or pottery barn where it's stuck away for some absurd amount of money some chairs like three thousand dollars and it's not real llama but it's like it's supposed to look all chic and whatever it looks comfortable yeah but he's sort of rocking like kramer used to with the kenny rogers roasters he's just kind of like bouncing in his chair (laughs) hey that's the first shot on crosstown guys what is today's date? The the seventeenth. The seventeenth of January. Seventeenth of January, and the first shot in the crosstown has, has been, been fired. fired. Dylan Cease calling out Dansby Swanson. And by the way, <laughs> who in the chat said this? I think it was Sean said inside. Looked inside. Was not a strike. <laughs> Isn't it crazy that those guys can like remember specific? I was talking with Lawrence about this. Like the specific pitch he threw. He was left-handed, was. like, against – like, you know how many thousands of be, batters? Well, he said he was a sophomore. It was his first varsity season, and Dansby was probably clearly 
the star of the other team and probably the talk of the area. That right? is fair. Maybe. For sure, yeah. He, just he was the number one remember, pitch was. He, he remembered who he, when, he, when he faced Dansby yeah. Swanson. I wonder who their bullpen catcher was. Could have been me. Now, was he, was <laughs> was he saying was he was a re- it. <laughs> it was a relief, a relief appearance? Is that what he said? He said it was his first varsity start. He closed it out. He closed it out. Thumbs huh. up from Vinny. Stay out of Cubs business, Sean. Just vars- just first varsity back. appearance, then. Thumbs up from Vinny, just back from Australia. <laughs> Yeah, we want to thank our mate, Vinny Duber. uh, (laughs) Our mate. (laughs) For coming through with that sound. Anyways, I thought it was kind of a fun bite, and thanks to Lawrence for uh, putting uh, the the video fine together. That was good. Thanks, Lawrence. I I know we have, like, one minute, but someone tweeted us a a trade proposal. Can we go through it, like, really quick? What is it? All right. Shout out to Ron Saki. Saki? 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 Sochaki, I don't know. How do you spell it? S O C H A C K I. S O C H. Yeah, I think you got it right. That so- sounded right to me. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, he said. Ron S. He said, yeah, Ron S. We'll call him Ron S. Uh, hearing your podcast with some of your guys confused about how getting Mancini doesn't make sense. That's a shot at Ryan. Just yep. wanted to read it. Sure. Uh, Magical taking reps at third ad. Add up the pieces, fellas. Guys are definitely getting traded. I'd propose Alzali, McKinstry, and Madrigal for Matt Chapman. I don't think that's going to get Matt Chapman. Uh, yeah, I... <laughs> no way. I, I'm, I, I don't like speculating on what trades could be because who knows what right. other teams want in a trade. Who knows how other teams value or evaluate specific Cubs players. I think if you want to throw them out, great. I mean, I yeah, personally, I don't think that gets it done. But I'm also, I have no idea what you know other teams right. want for a trade for, for I also, Madrigal, whoever it is. Now, Chapman just, would be a nice addition to the Cubs yeah, if you could find sure. a way to make Chapman a Cub at third base. Yes, that would be good. I don't know. Yes, yeah, I mean he's be been a four-war player the last four <laughs> years. Uh, all I mean, even in twenty. Was it Madrigal and Thompson? Was the McKinstry no, and McKinstry and, and Alzali. I think you're definitely going to have to throw in, like, maybe if you throw in Thompson or um, Morrell, one of those two, maybe the Jays come back with a counter offer. But, like, those three, like, this guy's, he's overvaluing valuing, uh, Alzale here, <laughs> um, in my opinion. Well, but maybe I, McKinstry. Out of that group, I like Alzale. Apparently, apparently, team, as opposed apparently to the other two. according to, like, rumors, Teams are calling the Cubs, asking for McKinstry right now. So I, I but his value isn't very high, and neither no. is Madrigal's, and that's why it's like this. This isn't going to get it done. No, I, this I would, would I only make so. sense if the Jays just wanted to move on for some reason. You know what I mean? I, I can't um, see them not getting a better offer than that. They, they would definitely get a better offer. I mean, the his batting average was two twenty nine last right. year, but the sh- shift's gone. Twenty seven homers the last two years play 150 games the last two years each so yeah like this guy's definitely worth a lot more than just those three then then guys that either weren't you know that were hurt all season didn't play that well when they were on the cubs or are just kind of unknown something yeah. I, I, don't know. I think i think all any right. trade the cubs make that's going to involve St- thompson or morell i bet there is a trade before the start of the season that's would, all i'll say i, I don't so know what too. that trade's going to be or who it's going to be for uh, thanks to everybody that was in the chat live on YouTube. Appreciate it. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. 
Make sure you give us a thumbs up. Make sure you give us the likes, the five stars. We appreciate it all. Four star doesn't cut it. That's, that's like a slap in the face. Five star <laughs> only, please. And we will see you back here, of course, on Wednesday and Thursday as well. 120 right here, CHGO Sports. We appreciate it. Thanks for checking out the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use the promo code CHGO when you sign up. Until Wednesday, fly the W. Have a great day.